Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast, presented by... Pat's Pulpit. All right, welcome into the Patriot Nation podcast. I am Pat. As always, with me is Matt. How are you doing this week, Matt? I'm doing all right. I'm, uh, it's, it's nice to have a short week here, like to go from the, is, is this the first, is the, I think the second short second, week, second short week yeah. the other Monday night, but the third yeah. actually, cause they had the two, they had the Thursday night game. Yes. Yes. You're correct. So it's nice to have one of these weeks that's short, but not too short. And there's football tonight, which I'm not, obviously not watching that one. Yeah. But we got some good games on Saturday too. And that breaks it up. I'm excited for those. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's an interesting slate and, um, you know, there, there's some good football being played. Of course, the fantasy football playoffs is today, uh, started today. And I'm in, I'm in, what? Worry about it. I'm, I got a nice little bye week. Oh, uh, that's very nice. I'm in far too many leagues, far too yeah. many leagues. So there's, there's leagues that I really pay attention to. And then there's leagues that I like kind of pay attention to, but don't really pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And one of the leagues that I like don't really pay attention to, this, I like, it's a sleeper and it's on sleeper and I got a sleeper notification, but I don't, I don't get, they're not push notifications. So I went to sleeper and I saw that and I'm like, Oh, I have a, I have a tag. That's interesting. It was the guy I'm playing against tag me. Cause I have Debo who's on a buy. Um, no, I'm sorry. Debo who's hurt in my starting lineup. And I had the Seahawks starting lineup last week because they played, at, they played the Rams mm-hmm. and I still have them in there against San Fran. And I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I guess chalk that one up as a loss, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> but you know, what are you going to do? So, <laughs> <clears throat> I'm in just too, I'm in too many leagues. I did. I'm in like 17 leagues this year. It was overkill. It was too much. It was too much for me to. I got honestly, I got burnt out with fantasy like halfway through the season. I'm like, all right, I'm like almost not. I'm like tuned out at this point because I have so many leagues that it's like it's hard to even keep up. It's it's rough. So yeah. you know me. I got my I got my basketball stuff on the side too. Media and yeah. like once that season started, it's like yeah. all right, I'm only focusing on the fantasy leagues. I'm winning, which I right. think right now is one of them. And right. That's- yeah, it's the one we're in together, and I'm in second place right now. Yep, so yep. So hey, man, you know, and then you gotta fight for it. One of my leagues, I have a buy, but um, I'm in, a, I'm in playoffs in a few leagues. I, it was one one year where I think I made the, I think I was in, was it seven leagues? I think I was in seven leagues. Mm-hmm. I made the playoffs in all seven leagues, and in I think four of them, I was the first or second seed, so I got a buy. I won zero, zero playoff games. Zero. 
it was just like i was like well that's i mean how like i was so mad dude it was brutal i'm looking ahead right now there's a chance we're gonna play each other here that'd be pretty cool I yeah. gotta get I gotta get a dub first. I gotta get a dub before we can do that. But yes, if that happens. We have the highest scoring game of the season, so we might have a nice little barn burner on our hands. Yeah, there. it'd be fun. That'd be fun. And yes, Dark Blue Gold three and eleven unmanaged team went four and ten. I mean, that's just that's rough. That's rough. Yep. When you're doing worse than the team that doesn't have anyone starting anyone, that's that's not a good sign. <laughs> you're either seriously unlucky, or you might need to relinquish the controls on a team yep. there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, you know, it's not, sometimes that happens. So we've all had but, those. Uh, but all right, we're going to get into football before we get into real football and not fantasy football. We do have to talk about the Red Sox just for just for a minute or two because they are an absolute disaster. Just an absolute disaster. I know some of you maybe aren't Red Sox fans or don't care about baseball. And I'm not even a huge baseball fan, but like just seeing what the Red Sox have done and, and Heim Bloom gets gets a gets the majority of the blame for it. He's not, oh, there's your Red Sox hat. Yeah. He gets the majority of the blame for it, but it's not really him. You know, it's it's not. It, it's everything. It's it's the owners, right? And the owners, you know, people need to understand Fenway is the most expensive park in Major League Baseball, and it's not close. It is for, not close. Tickets and concessions and everything. It's right. Great. A family of four, it. it costs like it costs like five or six hundred bucks to go to a game. It's outrageous. I mean, I got you know, I got to go to a game this summer because I got gifted tickets from somebody. I was not right. going to be able to make it otherwise because right. it's just not. And yeah, with the with the product they're putting on the field too, I'll pay right. those prices if they're a first place team. I'll I'll do it happily. But if they're not a, if they're not a contender, quite frankly, I live in Queens right now. I can spend half the money and go see the Mets play. Yeah, and they're a much better team. And they're a better team this year. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not going to switch my allegiance over it, but. I'm not going to go out of my way to go see the Red Sox with the fact that they don't even seem to invest in their own team right now. Right, and the, and the hard thing is that so the Mookie they make the Mookie Betts trade, and I get they need to get under the luxury tax. I I, I understand. I I know the, the you know the fundamentals of baseball. I get that, but but Mookie Betts is an MVP MVP caliber player. Trade someone else. Trade Chris Sale. Trade anyone. I don't. Care. If and the only thing you have to do is get under the salary cap, then dump some other guys. Who have big contracts? Maybe other teams don't want to take those guys. So what? Make it worth their while. Send something else if you have to. It just it's and it's stupid. The last time the Red Sox won a World Series in a year ending in eighteen, and then traded away their star player for money reasons, it didn't work out so great. <laughs> no, it did not. No, it did not. No, it did not. Let's hope years. we don't have another eighty-six year gap here. Yeah, that would be rough. Um, but it just it, that's one of those things. And like, and Betts is an MVP MVP type player. Yeah. Um, it's and it's none of these moves in a vacuum are awful, but you put yes. it all together and you add in the fact that oh they're raising the ticket prices and right. they're throwing an ad on the jerseys now, yep. and it's like all right, well it feels like all the feels that the owners see this as a way to make money and absolutely nothing more. They got their championships and right, and I know I know the, the our listeners out in the UK uh, as dark uh, dark blue gold is as well. Um, but I will, I will say for our listeners in the UK, they don't just own the Boston Red Sox. They don't, right? They own, uh, what's the, what's the, what's Liverpool. the football? Liverpool. That's it. They own Liverpool. I knew it was one of them. I couldn't remember which one it was. They own Liverpool, which they seem, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I feel like they make a decent amount of money, right? So they own Liverpool. They do, they own the Red Sox. They have all this crap 
go, they're, ma- they're printing money. And they can't afford to keep Mookie. It's just that's a type of crap to me that just is just. And they stupid. won't. And they won't do a press conference. When's the last time John Henry talked right. to the press? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he it, won't do it because because he can't justify it. You can't justify trading away Mookie Betts. There's no justification other than there's no justification other than we wanted to save money. That's the only justification. Yeah. And and, and, it's, and if it's, it's, we want to save money so we can save our other stars, that's fine. Sign your other stars. You got to do it. They're not doing that either. They paid and, Trevor Story a ton of money to suck and then let go of Xander Bogarts. And again, we and we were talking about this off air. If you think Bogarts isn't the guy, if you just think long term he's not the guy, we saw kind of we saw the the beginning of the decline this year, and you think yeah, that that's going to be a trend moving forward. You know, I get if that's the way you feel, I guess, but like it doesn't. It just feels like they were like, no, nah, we're not going to pay you. You know, and it, that's that's and I will I'll defend Haim on this one um, from the reported offer that they offered him. They were offering more money per year than San Diego did. They were just like, we're not going to go to 11 years for this. Right. And I understand that. So like, I understand not going that money. The question is, why? Why didn't you offer that deal at the start of the season when Correct. he probably takes it and doesn't walk? And if you, they offer that deal in March and Xander says, no, I want to hit free agency. And then he hits free agency and takes it. Well, you did what you could. Right. You, try, you gave good faith effort to sign a star and sign a face of your franchise player. He wasn't mm-hmm. interested. He wanted to chase the money. And you go to the next guy. And it is what it is because it's a business and there's no not going to be right. mad at the player for it. You can take the money. If somebody's gonna, somebody wanted to pay me that much money to go do anything, I'd probably say yes. So, Yep. Well, now you now, the Red Sox now are notorious for doing this. They did the same damn thing to John Lester where they lowballed him before the season. And then they traded him midseason and at least got a player back. You didn't even get anything back for Bogarts, and you knew he wasn't coming back. You knew he wasn't coming back. I, I think that was pretty obvious that he wasn't coming back. Well, I think that's I think that's the thing is they didn't see it as obvious. And yeah. that, to me, is probably the biggest issue with Haim running this team right now. I like him a lot. I really like the type of methodology he brings to the table. I am not sure that his like underlying models and the way he values players is accurate. We'll find out. Yeah. Um if they're signing Dansby Swanson here, that's the rumor that they're in on him. We'll see how what ends up happening there. We'll see yeah. the product on the field this year. But and it's, they've restocked the farm, so we'll give them credit there. We have guys that should be coming up. They got really unlucky, I think, with COVID and Jeter Downs. It seemed like that really interrupted his development. He was the key piece in that Mookie trade that came back. So. Right. Well, if you know, if the kid who's the kid they drafted a few years back was it Bello? Uh, no. Bello, yeah. You know he he's supposed to be a stud. So like you know it's if yeah, if he hit on like the short stop who's coming that's up. the There's one another reason why Meyer, that stop. was the guy that was the guy that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. And so you know it, it is it is what it is, and it's just frustrating. And the hard thing for me is that you don't have a salary cap. Patriots have to deal with the salary cap. I get it. We can make justification as to you know hey they had to make this move or they got to move on from that guy or they got to trade. They don't have a salary cap. You just do whatever the hell you want. It's yeah. freaking baseball. And it's the other thing is they went over the luxury tax last season. Right. So I'm totally on board. If you want to say we're going to reset that and then look right. forward, that's right. fine. Uh, but they didn't. I think the other thing that's annoying before we wrap this up, the thing, yeah. the thing that kind of makes this all frustrating from a media perspective is that they made the ALCS just a little bit over a year ago. Now. Right. They were in, they were there and they got two wins yeah. against a really good Astros team before the wheels kind of fell off. And I think that was almost a, a bad thing in hindsight. 
Obviously right. not. That's a bad thing to make the ALCS. No, right. But expectations for the team. I think the expectation was this was going to be a minimum two-year rebuild reset after that Mookie trade, two or three, if you're including that COVID year, to clear contracts and develop players and rebuild the farm system and all that. Instead, they made the ALCS, and everybody said, "All right, we're ahead of schedule World Series this year." Right. And what happened is a bunch of players overperformed, and then underperformed this past season. So I think like guys like Verdugo and Kike should probably play better next year than they did last season, just by kind of luck here. Right. But right. Those I would agree. Don't offset losing Sander Bogarts. Exactly. Exactly. So, anyways, all right, let's move on to football. But we had to get that out there because the Red Sox just—I uh, mean, they were—they were the number one team in town for a long, long time. And I would say right now, they might be fourth right now. They really might be. The, the people love the Celtics around here. Mm-hmm. The Bruins have always been high on people's lists, and they're just an absolute wagon this year. The Celtics have two young, legitimate lost, superstars. Son of a... In the shootout. <laughs> well, at least you get a point out of it. But uh, so, but the, you know, the, the Celtics have two and maybe even three legitimate young superstars. Mm-hmm. Certainly two, and then maybe an up and coming one in, in Rob Williams, who's coming back this week. And um, Marcus Smart too is a and real Marcus old. Smart, right? And so that's so it's like you know, and the Red Sox. I mean, the Red Sox have some players, but like they don't have Ortiz anymore. Now Bogarts is gone. Mookie Betts is gone. You got Devers, but like you know, listen, Darpu Gold Lacrosse is is number one on Bill Belichick's list, but it's like number forty seven in real life. Yeah, so, I'll give a. I'll give a shout out here. I know I, lacrosse, the Premier League lacrosse has been doing well this year. One of my uh, one of my buddies got to uh, broadcast the championships this year down in Maryland, where okay. they do that. Well, uh, uh, Jake Zimmer, who also he does the public address at TD Garden now. Really? Yeah. Oh, good I, for him. Yeah, and he's from uh, he's from Connecticut near me too. Did that? That's why I do my basketball stuff with. So. Oh, that's cool. Dark Blue Gold says, well, my joke backfired. That was supposed <laughs> to be rhetorical, Pat, about lacrosse. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I will also shout out the New England Free Jacks rugby team, uh, who I'm excited to see this year. I got to go I gotta go see a, 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 a rugby game this year. Yeah, and then so. what's the name of the, the National Women's Hockey League team in Boston? I'm totally forgetting, but they've won the Isabel Cup. Uh, the Pride, Boston Pride. Yeah, they won. They're really good. Yep, yep, good squad. So, um... By the way, the, the Bruins lost today for one reason and one reason only, and that is because Jimmy Tingle was on Nesson uh, in between periods, and he is just the worst comedian in the world. I just like I'm sorry if if friends of Jimmy Tingle are saying, but like I've never heard of him before. This man came and talked to like the teachers at like for our like first day of school or some crap, and he was up there for like two hours, and it was just it was torture. It was torture listening to this guy. Uh, it was just, oh, God, it was tough. So, know. Do you know who else was on? We'll bring this back to football here. Who else was in between the periods for the Bruins tonight? Dion Branch was on Nesson, who's in town as the uh, interim head coach there of Louisville for the Fenway Bowl. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Dion Branch. Love I like Dion. that. I like that. Hey, maybe we'll maybe get the head coaching job. You never know. Good for him. You know what? Um, That's... You're, you're not that far removed from him becoming an offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots right there. <laughs> hey, maybe he'd throw the ball to Kendrick Bourne. We're uh, going to have uh, Deion Branch and Troy Brown as our uh, two of our I'd offensive coaches there. I'd Who else? Love it. I think Kevin Falk is a running backs coach at LSU or something. He's, he was. Know, he was, and, and he isn't anymore. So um, They just honored him this year, too. They just put him in the LSU Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yep. So... 
Get the we'll see. Back together. Hey, man, bring them all back. back as a coach, and we're going to get the 0304 Patriots here as coaching it. staff. I'd absolutely love it. So, all right, let's get into let's get into actual football here. Um, Patriots obviously coming off a win against Arizona, a good win against Arizona. It wasn't a great game. It was kind of an ugly game, but you won, and that's really what matters. And so, you know, the key is now you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep improving week to week. I thought the offense looked okay at times. You know, it's the same story every week. The offense looks okay at times, but it's just not consistent. The play calling is consistent. The the uh, execution isn't consistent. And it's that consistency that re- they've really been lacking. And and I think that it was on display, you know, again, Monday night, where you just kind of look at it and say, hey, there are some good plays out there. And then there's some plays where you're like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And there were, I went back and I was going through the tape, looking at stuff. And what stood out is there were a couple opportunities in the first half for big plays where it was like just one guy missed something. And that was right. the difference. So like Max Pick, where he threw that, um, it's, I understand people are saying, oh, why are you having Hunter Henry block a defensive end one-on-one or whatever? He's a rookie, and he won on technique, not strength. Right. Hunter Henry has to win that block. Like, you just got to – you got to execute that. And right. if he does, Tyquan Thornton is wide open, and that, that play is going for a minimum of 20 yards and probably more. If he breaks a singular tackle with his speed, he's gone with where he was on the field and where the defenders were. That right. would have been a touchdown. I know we were kind of complaining about some of the screens at different points, and they did one of those like reverse screens. They bring it to one side and fake it back to the other. It was the one where Ramondre gets stopped like behind the line of scrimmage on it. Right. David Andrews missed a block on a safety, just totally yep. whiffed on it. If he gets yes, he it, did. it might have been a touchdown from where they were. It was there the entire defense bit on it. It was they right. had like Marcus Jones motion, and there was nobody in the other half of the field. And it's like, yeah. all right, one guy on two different plays, executes one block better, and they might score an extra 14 points in the first half. We're talking about this whole game differently. Very true. It's very true. And I will say, uh, San Francisco, in the first half tonight, ran a play that I cannot believe the Patriots haven't run yet, which is that which is a double fake screen. Patriots have been running all year long, and it's worked z- exactly zero times, where they <laughs> fake it to one side and then throw it to the other side, and they lose yards on it on every single play. So San Fran threw a little extra thing into the mix, they faked it left, then they faked it right, then he turned and hit George Kittle wide open in the middle of the field. He broke a tackle and scored a touchdown. And I'm like, bro, where is this? Like, if they the Patriots had run that, they would have scored an easy touchdown. Here's the thing. Do you really think that uh, our offensive line is going to be able to block that for that long without holding? Probably not. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I don't know. At least you could try it maybe. So, um, I'd, like, I'd like to see them try it. Listen. I- yeah, well, I'm sorry. I cut you off there. No, no, you can go off. I'll go after. Um, you know, I think the guy, the guy I want to talk about, the guy I always want to talk about is Marcus Jones, right? Dark Blue Gold brings him up. Uh, can we get him to kick the ball as well, right? Because he can do it all. 86, 86 snaps on Monday night. The guy was an absolute warrior, played special teams, offense, defense. He's electric. He's an electric player. Um, I tweeted it out, but for those of you that haven't heard, He's the second player in NFL history to have a season with a receiving touchdown, a kick, uh, I'm sorry, a kick or punt return touchdown, and an interception. Uh, the only other player in NFL history to do that was Deion Sanders in 1992. So he's in pretty good company right there. Uh, he's in pretty damn good company. And, you know, Jack Jones looks like he's going to be out again this week. I don't know for sure, but it certainly seems that way. He hasn't practiced all week. Um, and so you'd have to assume that he's going to get a decent amount of reps again this week. 
but you have to keep him in offensively, especially if Parker and Myers, who also haven't practiced all week this week, don't play. Now you need wide receivers out there, right? And I think having Marcus Jones out there, just even the threat of Marcus Jones out there, um, you know, it's been screwing defenses up a little bit. And I think that that's what they need. They need something different and something interesting. And, and we're getting a little bit of that with, with Marcus on the field. So I've been, I've been happy to see it. And of course, I mean, I've been, I've been happy to be right about Marcus Jones so far. So take your victory lap. Just keep, keep going in circles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, he keeps, he keeps impressing. Like it's, you've been spot on about this from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my big takeaway from what we learned this week kind of at the practices was Trent Brown saying that he lost 12 pounds during this flu he's had and that this is the first week he thinks he'll be at full strength. I think I need to walk back some takes on how Trent Brown has been lately in the offensive line, because that's awful to lose for for a professional athlete to lose that much weight that quickly. Of course he looks bad when he's playing through illness like that. Like, and I don't, I don't know if the Patriots offensive line can be good this season, but it can be better than it was the last couple of weeks. It should be better. Trent Brown, if he's healthy, should play better than he did last week. And Connor McDermott, while not a good player, if they're asking stuff from him, he should get better the more he's integrated in. Yadnik just knows it. Now, he's not a great blocker, but he does some things well. He's good in the running game. And Cole Strange had maybe his best game of the season last yep. week. They had him one-on-one with J.J. Watt at points, and he was holding up. Like he yeah. did, which is impressive. And you put it all together, and it's the this offensive line does not have to be great. It just has to be fine. Right. You, if they can be fine, it can be consistent. Then you can run an actual offense. And when they've run an actual offense, it looks good. Look at the Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. Look at the Baltimore game. Outside of the turnovers, the Baltimore game was awesome on offense. Last week, with even I mean, even with all of the issues they had, the offense still looked pretty good for stretches of that game and right they just couldn't punch it in right i mean that's and, we're gonna, and we talk about the the issues with mac and all that and he's been back for six games now i'd argue four of them have been against kind of elite pass rushes he faced the jets twice with that defensive line group the only strength of the colts this year is their defensive line <laughs> yeah um and the bills even without von miller have been really good at pressuring the passer this year and it's like all right well some of this is if the line is mediocre you're going to get going up against elite teams. It's going to look like that some of the time. And I don't think that's necessarily reflective of actually how good that unit is. I think it, and we'll see what it's like coming up. The Raiders are not great at rushing the passer, but the Bengals are decent. Dolphins can be decent. They're kind of like the Cardinals in that regard. And then you'll get Buffalo then again at the end of the regular season. Right. Right. And I think, you know, at this point, you're you're trying to right now we're at the seven seed right so you're trying to hold on we try to just hold on and win as many games as you can and hold on to that seven seed and and possibly even bump to the six i don't think that's going to happen no. um but you know I, I guess it's theoretically possible but you're just trying to, to hold on to dear life for that playoff spot because if you get in you have a chance if you don't get in you it's a zero percent chance you're going to win if you get in it might only be a one percent chance you go to kansas city and win or you go to buffalo and win but there's a chance at least, you know, and, and so I look and I'll take it to that COVID Kansas City game. And the fact that the Patriots were really a bad team that year with even right. worse personnel, given the situation when they went out to Kansas City, and they kept that game close for right. for most of it. We're kind of a couple plays away from being in it. And I think Bill Belichick's always had a 
decent. Like when it comes to these elite mobile quarterbacks, Mahomes is the one I think he's done the best against. And that's yeah. obviously the Chiefs have put have had their games. They put up points against the Patriots. Right. But I mean, they they held the Chiefs to I think what 23, 24, and 2019 in that game. Then Nikhil Harry non-touchdown game, which still yeah. annoys me. Yeah. Um, even the AFC Championship game the year before, obviously the Chiefs scored like 31 points, but or 30 points or whatever ended up being. But all of them came in the second half. They shut them out the first half. Correct. Yep. They, right. They've, they've held them under 30 for back-to-back games now. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if the Stephens can match up against the Chiefs, but I wouldn't entirely count the Patriots out of that game. Right. And that's and that's the thing is you say okay, there's not a good chance, but there's at least a chance, right? Oh. And that's why, that's why I'm hoping that the Bills get that number one seed. And if they can wrap up that number one seed, if the Chiefs lose another game and the Bills keep winning. That week 18 matchup may not mean anything to the Bills. And if they have a bye week, they're probably not going to rest Josh Allen, but they might only play in the first half. Yep. And then they say, we don't care if the Patriots win or not. What difference does it make to us? Like, sure, we don't want them to make the playoffs, but it's more important we rest our guys, um, you know, and have and have a have a week of rest. So they're not going to not play at all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they won't play the full game, or maybe they'll be more a little more conservative, or whatever the case may be. So, um, you know. And there's a situation here where uh, if the Bills lose at Cincinnati and the Patriots beat Miami that week and a couple other things happen, then it could basically be New England and Miami battling for the seven seed in that last week, and the Bills go in locked into the three seed. And right then... And then uh, same thing, right. Yeah, which yeah, I don't know how that weekend ends up going. There's a way where this works out where the Jets can still get in too, where you go to that last, last game and it's, it's almost like the last week of 2002 where... Everybody's playing each other, and depending on what happens, like like the Patriots would need to win and have, I think, the Jets beat Miami to get in. Miami gets in with a win, Jets get in with a win, and the Bills win over the Patriots, that kind of stuff. Right. You you just don't know what's going to happen. Right. And I think that's kind of where we're headed. And of course, the Patriots got to beat the got to beat the Raiders first. I mean, that's that's the first step is beat the Raiders, and then and then kind of see where the chips fall. And then you got to win one or two of the last of the last three games. Got to win at least one, maybe two. Um, and so, you know, but you got to take care of business this Sunday. Look, yeah. the Raiders are not a good team. They're not, they're not I bad, mean, but they're, they're not, not <laughs> right. They're not bad, but they're not good. Their defense stinks. Mm-hmm. Their defense stinks and their offense is pretty good. But like, it's just so funny because they go in spurts where it's like, you know, uh, Devontae Adams will have zero catches in the first half and he'll have 10 catches for 170 yards and two, two touchdowns in the second half. And it's like, dude, what were you doing in the first half that you weren't throwing to Devontae Adams on every single play? I, I just, I don't understand. Well, I think it's, it's worth very noting, bizarre. They, they might be getting Waller and Renfro back for this one. The clocks yeah. have started on them to return as it started right. on Christian Barmore there. Yep. So we don't, I don't even know if we know what this Raiders offense is going to look like on Sunday, which kind of makes it difficult because there's, it's going to be a different, different offense than what we've seen. They've right. done well with kind of the power running stuff. That's how they beat Seattle. I yep. don't know how well that's going to work on new England. Um, there could be a good Jelani Tavai game. And if you get, if, you, if Barmore's playing too, it allows you to yeah. mix in guys. And- yeah. Patriots have, have had trouble stopping the run. They've had trouble stopping the run. You yeah. saw it again this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I were the Raiders, I'd come out and try it. Yeah, they have, but I think also most of those have been against quarterbacks who can run too. It's only the Packers game that's really worried me on that yep. front, and the Packers have a better offensive line than whatever the Raiders are going to be trotting out there. That's very true. No, that's a good point too. I mean, that's fair. You know, so we'll we'll see what happens. I just think I think the Patriots defense is good enough to handle the Raiders. The Raiders aren't putting up thirty points or anything like that, but you have to be able to get your own. 
If you're Mac Jones and the Patriots offense, you have to be able to put up points against the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders aren't that good. No. So you have to be able to put, you know. Yeah. And this is a uh, uh, Raiders defense. The, the Vikings have given up the most 20 plus yard pass plays this year. The Raiders are second. I think right. the Vikings have allowed 51 or 50 and the Raiders have allowed 48. So you should not only should you be able to score on this defense, you should be able to get some chunk plays. You should be able to get some big plays. Their pass rush, despite having some good names in it, Chandler Jones has not been good for them this year. We have to right. see him again. And I mean, the line, if the line can be decent, if Trent Brown is better than he was last week, if whoever's right tackle is better than they were last week, if you get the same kind of performance from Cole Strange, then you can run an actual offense here. Then yeah. you can make things work against this team. And, they're not going. I don't think they're going to bring exotic blitzes the way Arizona would like to either. So, Mac should have time to sit back there and do stuff. And it's probably not even worth wasting the time running in this game either. I think if you got the personnel up, I think you want to throw all over them. This is a there's a much worse pass defense than it is a rush defense. Well, and especially with you know Ramondre probably being out, mm-hmm. and even if Damian Harris plays, not being a hundred percent, and then you're dealing with two rookies. Uh, you know, I don't know how much I love the idea of them running a, a good amount with those two guys. So, you know, sure, I don't mind. Um, you know, Dark Pugos mentioned Hunter Henry. Like, I, I think, I think you try to get Hunter Henry the ball. I think what you see, what you saw from Arizona, is what you've seen from a ton of teams this year. And the reason why Hunter Henry's having a hard time is that they're flooding the middle of the field. They're saying, we don't think you have the time, number one, or the arm, or the ability, or the offensive play calling to beat us on the outside. So we're going to take away the middle of the field. Good luck beating us, right? And so far, the Patriots haven't been able to take advantage of it. And so what did they do on Monday night? They threw a billion screen passes. Mm -hmm. And people, well, then what happened? Then the the defense had to widen out a little bit because they had to respect those screen passes. And all of a sudden, Hunter Henry's wide open in the middle of the field for a 40-yard gain. And so, like, that's the type of thing where you look at it and say, like, that's why you run those types of plays so that you can open up the middle of the field. Because, you know, unless you can unless you can win outside the numbers, why would you cover outside the numbers with more guys than in the middle? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I think um, two points in this one that Henry pass. If you go back and rewatch it, Mac was like Brady esque on it, where he drops yeah. back, he looks off the safety, moves him, comes back, oh, fires man. right down the seam where the safety left, moved him right out of there. Big play. It was awesome. That's one of the one of the best plays I've seen this season. Maybe the best of Mac Jones identifying the defense, moving defenders, and getting the ball where it needs to be. It was perfect. The other thing is we talked about how this this offense has really struggled because there's no easy plays. This, off, this offense has actually done a pretty good job of creating chunk plays this yep. year, the, the big plays. But then they get behind the chains and there's no easy plays. And the second you're in second and 11, that's it. Mac yep. made some really good plays there when they got into the third and longs. He had that one pass to Aguilar along the sideline that I talked about on Sunday that or Monday that was awesome. But also the screens. They were reasonably effective for most of the game. Well, kept them out of those situations. First and 10, you run a screen, get yourself to second and six. That's better than the second and 10 they've been dealing with. Right. And, and that means you have more you can do, and it means you can stay ahead of schedule. This offense is does not have the high-end talent nor consistency to do the things that other offenses can do when it's third and 10 and you still feel confident you can get it where you feel like you need to get the offense in the multiple third and longs in a drive to get a stop. Like we're talking about the Patriots against the Bills. So offense doesn't have that talent. Mm-hmm. But if they can stay on schedule, they can march down the field. 
And we also saw last week with Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, the running game got things done in the red zone. Three meaningful red zone trips, two touchdowns. That's where the offense has struggled the most this year. And if they can get the running game going in those situations, that's been what's missing. They get down to the five-yard line. They just have to go all passes because the running game can't do anything. It's easy for a defense to defend that when that, I mean, has, your best if your best option is a fade to Devontae Parker, like that's you're not going to be in it. And he's awesome. But if that's the only thing you have in the red zone, you're going to be stuck. Right. You can yeah. run the ball like we just saw in the last game. Mm-hmm. That unlocks so much more for the rest of your team. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah. And I was really impressed with the rookies, uh, you know, and, and they got, I mean, they got a long way to go. Pierre Strong and played like 13 snaps before, before Monday night. So they got a long way to go, but you see some of the promise that you have from those guys. We have Thor Nystrom on every year, um, you know, on our draft recap show. And he was high, super high on, on Kevin Harris because of the way that he ran back in 2021, uh, back in 2020, not in 2021. And he said, you know, this kid's, this kid's a good player, a really good player. Um, you know, and and you just kind of didn't see it because he was hurt last year. So uh, we saw some stuff running from him, and then you see what you know what guys like Strong can do in 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 the uh, in the open field. And look, this I, I I've been saying it now for the last few weeks. I'm going to continue to say it. Get the ball to your fast players. It's not rocket surgery. Just get the ball to Pierre Strong. Get the ball to Tyquan Thornton. Get the ball to Marcus Jones because they're faster than everyone else. Like it's it's that it's really that easy. Just give them the ball and say go run past some people, make some guys miss. And Johnu even you know Dark Blue goes nuts and Johnu like you know Johnu is a guy who's good with the ball in his hands as well. Get the ball to him. You know most let the these guys most of the when time he's not know. throwing the ball on the ground. That that is correct. So <laughs> you know, but it's it's one of those things where it's like get that get those guys the ball so they can make moves and. That hasn't happened, unfortunately, enough. It has happened a little bit, but it hasn't happened enough. And so, if they can be more consistent with that, I think that that would be that. Be and then you start you start saying, "Oh my God, okay, well, Marcus Jones is killing us on the on the quick screen. We got to worry about that." Or this guy's killing us on the quick screen, so we got to play up. We got to play up tight on him. And now, next thing you know, we play up tight on him, and you know, and and Taekwon runs right by you because you know you're playing tight man on him, man press, and he and he beats you off the line. And now all of a sudden you give up a long touchdown because you're playing man press because they're throwing the ball, you know, in quick plays, whatever. So exactly. it, it those are the types of things where it's like you force the defense to do something they don't want to do. The Patriots really haven't done that much this year where it's like the defense run does, you know, takes away what they want to do. The Patriots kind of don't have an answer for it. And they, you know, they flounder and, and the offense isn't great. It's like if you're able to make the defense have to have to adjust and change what they're doing because of what you're doing. Now all of a sudden you get them on your heels on on their heels, I should say, and you know, and that gives you the advantage. Patriots haven't haven't been able to do that a lot, and so hopefully, hopefully they'll be able to do that moving forward these next few weeks. Yeah, and it's we'll see how they're able to do it right now with the injury report the way it is because that's kind of the that's yeah. the big thing 
to look at right now. We don't even know who's going to play. Uh, Jack Jones has not participated in practice this week. I still wouldn't rule him out because as far as we know, that's a pain management issue with him and some kind of a bruise, which right. means they may be keeping him out to get treatment. And then he'll just they'll have him walk through on Saturday and he'll be good to go on Sunday or walk through on Friday. Yep. Uh, Parker with a concussion. He hasn't practiced. I think he's he's out. I think you can pretty much guarantee that. Ramondre has not practiced. Isaiah Wynn was he didn't practice. So I think those guys are probably done. Barmore might be back. Kajust is still limited. Harris limited. Jacoby Myers listed as limited. I think he was actually out. So he went backwards, and that's probably not a good sign for yeah. him. Yeah. Jalen Mills still limited. Joe Cardona though back up to full participation. So we got something going. That's for a good us. thing. That's a good thing. I'm mean, especially with the new punter, right? And and Bailey is eligible to come off um, IR at this point. And so we'll see if he does, if and when he does. They haven't even started the clock on him yet, though. No. He has not returned to practice. Right. So Pilardi has been fine. He's been he fine. A, he had a bad punt last week. He had one he bad did. one. In there. It's, I feel like he has a bad one every game. Um, but you know he's been okay. Mm-hmm. He's been okay um, it, it, as far as holding the ball is concerned. So, you know, it is what it is. And, and, and we saw a little bit of Nick Folk kind of fall off, but then he plays on he plays on on Sunday or on Monday and hits a fifty one yard field goal. So after they have that horrendous play where they fumble the ball, it's a, it's a disaster at the end of the first half. Um, nevertheless, I, I think I do think that the injury report at this point is is becoming an issue. Um, and so you hope that Myers will be back, but it seems unlikely he'll be back this week. So hopefully next week, Parker, same thing. Hopefully next week. Big I'd week be... for Tyquan Thornton. Big week for Nelson Aguilar, who I think has been a consummate teammate through and through. You just hope he learns how to catch the ball one of these days. No. No. <laughs> no. Big week for Kendrick Bourne. Forget about Nelson Aguilar. Put Nelson Aguilar on the bench. Where I, you Agu- Aguilar is probably pay, playing 100%. He's probably, if, if you got no Parker, you know what? You know what I just thought about here, Pat? We haven't heard a word about this. Does the practice squad travel with the team for this stuff? <laughs> Maybe. Little Trey Nixon. A little Trey Nixon. If you gotta <laughs> elevate somebody. Hey man, I wouldn't hate it. Imagine <laughs> um, again, imagine Marcus Jones and Trey Nixon on the offensive side of the field. Trick play where Marcus Woo! Jones is throwing it to Trey Nixon. Someone did say that on Twitter. Someone was like, Listen, we need you know, I need Marcus Jones to throw a touchdown pass too, because yeah. like that just could just complete the cycle. Okay. So imagine Marcus Jones touchdown pass to, to Trey Nixon. I would I would spontaneously combust on my on my couch. You know what I want to see? When <laughs> Jacoby Myers is back, I want to see them run a little wildcat back there with yeah. Myers taking the handoff and running a little option. You could do a little RPO type stuff with Marcus Jones where you can fake the handoff and throw it. And that's outrageous. That could be that could be fun. Again, these are all the fun things where you, you have to be able to block to do it. You have to master right. the basics before you can get to this stuff. I think that's why we haven't seen a lot of it this year. Have we seen a flea flicker this year? I don't think so. Maybe one or no. maybe, maybe. I don't remember. I'm uh, sure yeah. Dark, if there was one, Dark Blue Gold will remember and let us know. Yeah, they will. I remember there was one last. Was it last year or was it this year against Miami where like he threw it short instead of throwing it deep? I was like, what the hell was that? Yes. Yeah. That was. But I think that was last year. Sure. Was that this year? I think that yeah. Where there was, was one of the most bizarre. Option, that the deep option wasn't open, so he had right. to check it down. Or that might have been the Baltimore game. I think that was the Baltimore. Game. I think you're right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a flea flicker, but they checked down. I'm like, dude, what? Yeah. The, <laughs> like, the, the deep option was like double covered. So right. Just yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, I will. I, when we're talking about the Raiders here, one of the things that stands out about them is that they just don't have a lot of turnovers when they play football. 
Um, the offense that only has turned it over 13 times this year, which is second best. The defense wow. is forced 10, which is second worst. Yikes. Which means this just may end up being one of those games. Like, we, this may be one turnover total or none. And that means uh, if you're not forcing the big plays on either side of the ball there, like, it's just you just got to beat them. And teams yep. have been doing that to the Raiders all year long. Uh, they're also with how bad their defense is. We saw what Baker Mayfield did to it. That was, that was outrageous. Yeah. And they have a lot of penalties on that stuff, too. Like, they're not disciplined. So this is one of those games where even if the Patriots get down, I'm not worried immediately because they have been allowing comebacks like crazy. Right. Well, that's – I would have – if I were if I were Josh McDaniels, I would have – Jerry Tillery would not have made the trip home. No. I would have left him there because that was – you know, for, for those of you that didn't see it, right, they had, what, a minute left to go with no timeouts mm-hmm. at the at the four-yard line. And they drove all the way down and scored a touchdown. And the big play was a nine-yard sack on Baker with no timeouts, middle of the field, obviously. And they get up, and they're walking back to the huddle, and Jerry Tillery slaps the ball out of his hands. And it's a 15-yard penalty. And instead of losing nine yards, they gain six yards on it because the 15-yard penalty from there and the clock stops. And it's just like, bro, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You cost your team probably 15 seconds. You cost your team 15 seconds and 15 yards. And it's just like, man, like, more like, because it's the nine yard. Oh, no, it was 15 yards from where he was sacked. 15 yards from where he was sacked. Right. Right. Because it was a dead ball foul. But it's like, man, that's just, it's so stupid. Which is what this Raiders team has done all year. And it's like, I, the Patriots don't have to be a good team to win this game in all likelihood. They right. just, and kind of like what we saw with the Jets game, some other games this season, you just have to be the brick wall the other team runs into and falls down. Correct. Yes. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that gets you into the playoffs, but it should get you to eight and six here with three games left and you see what happens. Right. Right. And then you just say, hey, we got a chance. And mm-hmm. then if you can't close it out, if you can't beat either, any of these three last teams, then you don't deserve to be in the playoffs and it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, you know, while we're looking big picture in the playoff stuff too, I think we kind of came into this thing. All right, Pants probably got to outplay the Jets and the Chargers. Look, I mean, the Chargers struggle with the Cardinals; like they feel kind of dead in the water. Well, after last week, and the Chargers finally getting healthy and beating the Dolphins, they don't feel so dead in the water at this right. point. Right, um, and they got an easy schedule left. Play the Titans, they play the Rams. Uh, both of those are at home, and the Rams, that game is going to be at home no matter what. Um, they play at Denver Week 18, which is losable. And I'm forgetting what the one other game is in there, but it's not a hard oh, one. It isn't. Denver's terrible. Denver's the worst of those three teams you mentioned. Well, that's not true. The Rams are terrible. Because well, it's, it's on the road, and you're at mile high, and they have a veteran quarterback, and the Chargers are inconsistent. Like, if there's one of those games they're going to lose, that's one where it's like, oh, you're right, the offense the, just totally The Chargers are just dumb. You're right. And it's, that's a good it point. ends up being an 11-10 final. That's fair. That's fair. You're, that's fair. The Chargers are stupid. I, I don't take – I always forget that the Chargers are so dumb. I shouldn't because of the Chargers, but, like, you know, it's yeah. – I, What I will say. In defense of Brandon Staley for a second here, they drew up an awesome game plan defensively against Miami. There's a great breakdown of it on the athletic. That's like a really good read if anybody's interested in it. Uh, and I sus- it's one the Patriots can execute. And I suspect Bill's gonna be all over that film. I mean, you go back to the go back to the Rams Super Bowl year and the, the defensive game plan the Patriots had to hold them to three points in the Super Bowl. That yeah. wasn't a new game plan. That was one that Matt Patricia's Lions had brought out earlier in the year, and then the Bears 
brought out the game after that and kind of showed the blueprint and the Patriots were able to execute it better because they had better players and a little bit more time and all that. The The blueprint is, is now there on the Dolphins with that Chargers game. Patriots have the talent to execute it. So they're going to have a shot. Like when Miami comes to town, this defense is going to have a shot at containing what Miami is doing. Right. It's true. It's true. And so we'll see. I, I really think with this defense, they can play with anyone. I really do. Um, and so, you know, and again, obviously it makes it a lot more difficult with, you know, with the Bears or the Chiefs or whatever the case may be. But like, you know, I think that a great defense, which I think the Patriots are bordering on a great defense. I know they're not always great, but they're bordering on a great defense at this point. We're far enough into the season. We've seen what they've done against every team, um, you know, and they just they've been consistently good all year long, um, you know, and so. I just think you kind of have to look at it and say the Patriots are are a very good defense. And so it gives you an opportunity to be in every game. Does that mean you're going to win every game? Of course not. But it gives you an opportunity to at least be in those games. And so, um, you know, it's it's that that's the thing for me where I look at it and say, okay, if if there's a path for the Patriots to do to make some noise in the playoffs, that's the path. Mm-hmm. That you get into a game against Kansas City or whoever the two seed ends up being, and it ends up being a defensive slog, and you turn them over a few times, and they have a bad game, and you have a good game, and somehow you sneak out of there with a victory, right? Yeah. And, and nice you know, yeah. again, unlikely, but if you don't make the playoffs, there's no chance it happens. If you make the playoffs, there's a slim chance it happens. It's not a very good chance, but at least there's a chance, you know, and, and that's what that's all you're looking for. And I think you combine that with if the offensive line can give you a game like the one it did against Minnesota, for one, this offense can score 26 points without really breaking too much of a sweat there. I think they can, they got some big plays. It's not, maybe, maybe there'll be a pick in there and it's not a guarantee, but this offense can do it. It's not as often. I don't, the, there's a lot of discussion about the skill position players on this offense and they don't have a high level talent guy, but also every single time, both of the times, <laughs> there's only two of them, that the offensive line has given them consistent protection for a whole game. They've gone for over 400 yards and scored 26 points. Both of those games were losses, unfortunately, somehow in this season. But they've done it. So if you can do that against one of these playoff teams, like it's the reason they, the reason they say, like, it's you got to let the games play out here. Any given Sunday is the reason that is a saying because you, you just don't know what's going to happen. And that, right. that goes for this Sunday, too. We talk about the Patriots being a better team. They have to be the better team on Sunday. Correct. You have to be. Raiders make a lot of mistakes. Maybe this is the game they come out and they don't make them. Maybe this right. is the game they're locked in. This is Josh McDaniels, and you know he's going to have a target on the Patriots here. And these players mm-hmm. kind of manhandled the Patriots in training camp. So yeah. you got to think they're going to be a little bit more confident here. And you got to think they're, they've been drilling all – they got a lot of rest here to think about what they did against the Rams and they're going to come out fired up and ready to go. Right. Right. Yeah. Coming off a really tough, I mean, a, you know, a really tough loss against the Rams, um, you know, and, and they have nothing to play for at this point. They're just put, trying to play spoiler. Right. And they know if they beat the Patriots, they don't knock us out of the playoffs officially, but for all intents and purposes, they knock us out of the playoffs. And so, you know, you look at it and think, hey, if we beat this team, then that's the end of their season. And and that's what you hang your hat on. And, you know, a guy like Mac Trosby, you say they're not great at yeah, getting after the getting after the passer, but a guy like Mac Trosby is an elite player, right? Chandler that Jones can do it. Right. Chandler Jones is old, but he's an elite player getting after the quarterback. And so, you know, you're able to do that and you can look at it and say, hey, like this is this is our Super Bowl this year, this week. Right. And especially with McDaniels 
you know, coming from New England and having all those guys there, and there's a million guys on his staff that are from New England, so you know, you know how serious they're taking this game. So, um, you know, the Patriots really have to play well. I think, I think that they will. I, I, I have to say, you know, and as much as we as as you hear people crap on Mac, I just think the leadership from Mac has been impressive. You hear the things that he's been saying to the team um, and addressing the rest of the team, and do. That stuff is not something, not always something you see from a second-year quarterback. Um, he approaches the game with some with some maturity. He talks, you know, he talks to the team. I think, you know, and and he's like that dude. And so, you know, I mean, again, he's got to be able to do it on the field as well. But like, I think that that's a big thing um, and and something that people shouldn't overlook. Um, and so, you know, you hear those things about. Matthew Slater talking about Mac addressing the team saying, you know, do your, do the same thing you always do. Stay in your routines. Like, you know, it's just a normal week. I know we're not at home, but like, you know, and like, that's, that's the type of stuff that, you know, that needs to be said. Um, and, and I think, you know, as pissed off as he was at Patricia on Monday night and everyone saw it, everyone saw it, right. Waving him off, pissed at him, yelling on the sideline. Like, but then he comes in and says, you know, we want to get coached hard. We want to be coached hard. That's what we, you know, that's what we do. And and it's it's fiery and we talk back and forth to each other. And that's then that's okay. And that's what we want, you know. Yeah, I thought I felt like I was taking crazy pills when all of that happened. Like we all entirely forgot about Tom Brady and Bill O'Brien's relationship right. here. Like this yeah. is football. It's a very emotional thing. You have to be very emotional to be good at it. You have to be able to unlock that level of yourself. And that means guys get heated at each other on the sidelines. And there's nothing wrong with it as long as they can repair it and make it productive and all that, which by all, it, it looks like it was. It looked like it was on the field. It looked like it was off the field with them hugging okay. and smiling after. And yep. what they've both said since then, I don't know if they have a, I don't know what their relationship actually looks like, but they don't hate each other. They're not yelling at each other because they're a divorced couple here. They're right. yelling at each other because they both want to win the game. And they both care a lot and they're trying to figure out the best way to do it. And it's hard. And they worked through it by communicating very directly with one another. Yeah. You saw what Matt Patricia said. I don't know that. He said, I love that. And I love when guys want to be like that and we can just communicate directly, get it out in the open and move on. Right. And that's, that's the way it goes. Like that's, and you know what? That, kind of attitude from Matt Patricia that I got yelled at by the quarterback and I'm unfazed and I love it. And I want to keep that going. I want to communicate. That's not the same Matt Patricia we saw in Detroit where he That's had cool. all those issues with the locker room. And Josh McDaniels is a guy who had serious locker room issues when he left to be a head coach for the first time, came back and was completely fine because guys yeah. learn from this stuff. They're not right. They're right. not static. These guys yeah. can adapt. So it's their relationship may have kind of taken a step here and, I also Mac was awesome with the line of scrimmage during the game, the yeah. way he was making adjustments. And that's, we can talk about, I, I kind of want to go back to the Bailey Zappy discussion for a second here. Cause we haven't had this conversation in so long. And I know it's just the adjustments, at the line of scrimmage. That's the difference. Like that's right. where you take it to the next level. They, they probably got a full three or seven points extra in that game out of just Mac Jones making the right adjustments at the right times and getting guys into positions. And for a second year quarterback to be doing that, that's incredibly impressive. It probably needs to be a little bit better. Probably needs to be a little bit faster. Mac is not perfect mentally, but we talk about guys loving how smart he is and his ability to do things on the whiteboard. That's where it comes out. Mac's really good at that stuff. I think Maybe he maybe he never ends up being a great quarterback or anything. We don't know what the future looks like for Mac Jones, but I think he is absolutely smart enough to be a coach one day if he wants right. to be. He's got that. 
Well, yeah, and I think and I think the big thing with him, and we've talked about this, right? He has to win pre-snap and post-snap. Mm-hmm. He needs to win mentally. He doesn't have the physical traits of a guy like Justin Fields. He doesn't. So he needs to win mentally. That's how he needs to win. And, you know, is he good? Is he perfect at it yet? No. But the fact that he is where he is right now is a good sign. And, you know, you just got to hope that he continues to improve what he's been doing. So I think I've been happy with him the last few weeks. I know he threw a pick, of course. You know, arm got hit when he threw it. It wasn't like a, you know, and just floats up in the air, right? And so people, someone was saying, oh, you know, he's got to know that he's got to step up in the pocket. I'm like, he did step up in the pocket. Did you watch the play? Like, what are you talking about? He stepped up to try to avoid the rush, and the guy cut inside instead of going back outside. What are you going to do? Like, it's just, you know, Henry gets beat, and it is what it is, you know? And so that's not that's not on Mac. That's not like he went into the guy. The guy made a nice play, and, and Hunter wasn't able to hold his block. And so, you know, those are the type of things where it's like, those things happen, you know, um, but he's improving. I, I think that that's a big thing for for me is that the improvement is there. I love the fact you pointed out the play, the the play that Parker ended up getting hurt on, mm-hmm. where Mac was afraid to throw it. He was afraid to throw it in the Bills game, and he didn't throw it. And that same exact window was there in the Arizona game, and he threw it. And of course, Parker ends up getting hurt, freak thing, you know, where he hits his head or whatever. But like. Mac gets it in there, completes the pass, and like that's what you need to see because that window isn't big. It needs yeah. to come out and it's in there, and bam, there it is. You know, and you got to trust that you that your receiver is going to come down with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's huge. He hit, he hit that one. He hit one to Aguilar on third down, going out of bounds, and it's like those two are they're right. throws where you gotta anticipate, you gotta trust what your arm can do, and you gotta laser it in there to make it. And he did all that, and those were. And that's the combination of the mental and the physical that's so hard to do in the NFL. And we just saw Mac do it. I don't I don't think it would be a stretch to say that this was one of Mac's best games Monday night. Yeah. And yeah. That's, he mitigated a whole bunch and Right. Well, it's funny because he doesn't throw an he doesn't throw a touchdown pass, right? And and he doesn't throw for you know, you know over three hundred yards. And so you're like, ah, you know, but but it's the it's the other stuff. It's the stuff that, you know, that maybe don't show up on the scoreboard. Or don't show up on the scorebook where you know he makes that adjustment at the line of scrimmage, or he makes that throw that he needs to make, or you see some of the growth in some of the plays that he makes. Yeah, um, so you know, and some and of those runs, some of the runs they got big plays off of too was Mac switching yep. into that, or it's, it's RPOs where he's got to right. be the one to make the decision. And some some of that again, some of that decision making is easy. Sometimes when it's an RPO, your decision making is you count before the snap and see how many players are in different places, and that just tells right. you what you're doing. Right. So it's not. This isn't all rocket science out there. We're not asking you to, to, I don't know, figure out the area of a triangle in a second while you're looking at it from a distance here. But he, he did it. Like he's he's passing these bars, and it's again. I don't know where the ceiling is for Mac Jones, but this is a better quarterback than we saw before the injury this year. Is a better quarterback than we saw after the bye last year. I think. Agreed. And. This is the improvement we were waiting on for him. What it looks like down the stretch, we don't know yet. And it could all fall apart because we got some good defenses coming up. After right. the Raiders won, Miami gave him issues, obviously, earlier this year. And Cincinnati has a defense that has really befuddled Kansas City. So they yeah. play good zone. They do a lot of good stuff and there. And then they're Buffalo. incredible in the second half. Incredible in the second half. Yeah. And that that Bengals game, that defense kind of scares me too. I think they're they could be that could be a really good matchup for New England, or it could be a really bad one. They're gonna play a lot of zone and they're gonna do it really well. And if that's what you do, then the quarterback needs to be smart. He needs to anticipate, he needs to find the holes in the zones. Matt can do it. Will he? We don't know. 
Right. That's a good point. It's a good yeah. point. So we'll see. A lot of a lot of question marks going into the going into the last four games of the season, as there have been all season long. But at the end of the day, we have a chance. We have a shot. The Patriots are still in it right now. If the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs. And so you just got to say, hey, look, we're here now. If we win on Sunday, and then it's just a one-week season. You win on Sunday, then you try to win the next week. If you don't win the next week, try to win the week after that, and then you go from there. So, And, you know, we talked about it. You had mentioned it on the podcast here before, I believe. But if the Patriots win on Sunday and Miami loses – Miami playing Buffalo this week? Yeah, they're playing in Buffalo Saturday night, and I saw a projection earlier that said nine inches of snow for that one. Hey, hey, it snows in Alabama too, guys. Come on, (laughs) come on. Uh, but you know, nine inches in the last decade. (laughs) Right. Right. So, you know, I I just think if the Patriots win and Miami loses, I would not be surprised at all to see that Patriots Dolphins game get flexed to Sunday night football. Um, because especially with the two LA teams playing on that Sunday night football, that team, that game's going to stink. Um, and so something's getting moved in. Something's getting moved in there and game, but right. And if it's, you know, that, that might be for the seventh seed. Right, that you might look at that and say that game's probably going to be for the seventh seed, depending on what happens on Christmas Eve. But there's no way to know. You have to make that decision before Christmas Eve, anyways. You know. And there's a there's a situation here where basically the Jets kind of they don't play their way out of it, but they got they got a, a game against the Lions this week, and the Lions have been good recently, and they got a game yep. at Seattle still, and both of those are losable. And the Jets lose the tiebreaker to New England here, so the Jets are kind of at the bottom. The Chargers win out here, which I think is very possible with their schedule. They should go three and one. Right, they probably end up as the sixth seed when it's all said and done, and then it's going to come down to New England and Miami. And Miami right. has the game at Buffalo. They still got to play the Jets. That's a home game. They still have to play the Patriots on the road, which is the game yep. we've been talking about. And their other mm-hmm. game is a home game against Green Bay. And let's let's see what happens. That's if, yeah. if the goal is you got to outplay Miami. Down, oh, Miami has an advantage right now, has a one game yeah. advantage. So. If you beat them, you get that one game. And then in the other games, you got to beat them by one. <laughs> the other three. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so we'll see. We'll see. And that's, you know, and, and who knows, who knows what's going to happen, but it, it, it'll be fun down the stretch. And, and again, the Patriots are in it and that's all you can really ask for right now. And then you just got to make the plays when, when it's there, right. And win the games that, that you need to win. So starts in Vegas. Uh, one last thing before we go, I'll give you the numbers here. That's here. According to 538, the Pats have a 39% chance of making the playoffs right now with a win on Sunday. And this is with no other results. This is just the Patriots games put in. Okay. With the Patriots win on Sunday, it goes up to a 59% chance of making the playoffs. With a loss, it drops to 21%. Yeah. And I would think it's even lower than that if we're being realistic. Um you yeah, know, because then you're if asking the team them to is win. not good enough to beat Las Vegas. It's probably not going to be good enough to get one win in since he again the since your buffalo games right right exactly so yep you lose this week you got to win the final three you know like well and that's and that's really what it comes down to is that you don't want to be in a situation where you got to win all three games i I just i don't know if that's possible um and so you know again maybe maybe you beat cincinnati and you think miami stinks in the cold and you could beat them and the bills have nothing to play for week 18 maybe but like that's a lot of question marks there, and I, I just don't. You know a lot that. to go right in a season where things right. have not the bounces have just not gone the Patriots' way. They this have season. not. You got to create your own luck. If you do that by winning the games you can control, this is one they can control. Yep, exactly. exactly. Do we have a betting line on this? 
do we? Let's see. Let's let's I, take a look at. Let's I, take a look. I, at, it was plus one when it opened, and I bet on the Pats for that one. Uh, tally site. Let's see what tally site has. Make picks. Here we go. Come on, you. Come on. Here we go. Uh, Buffalo, Dallas, uh, New England. New England's plus one and a half. So minus one and a half for Vegas. Basically the same. It's it's moved towards Vegas since it opened. Oh, because it was minus one. Yeah, that's crazy to me. It's interesting. I, I, I understand the injuries, but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Raiders team. It's a, it's a Raiders team that's probably better. No, this Raiders team is as good as its record, I, I would say. Because they've they've played a lot of close games, but they've also lost them because they're not good and they make bad plays in those situations. It's not right. I don't think that's a fluke. Like maybe the Baker Mayfield game is a fluke, but the rest of those close losses they had just seemed like they did not play good football. Agreed. I, I agree. There was a uh, the the what if NFL standings, mm-hmm. uh, where that. it's you know where where if all the one score games got flipped, um, mm-hmm. so every one score game that happens in the NFL gets flipped for every team. Right now, the the one through four in the AFC would be Raiders, Jaguars, Browns, Bills, and then it would be Broncos, Bengals, Ravens in the playoffs. So uh, the Broncos would pick up an extra five games. The Raiders and Jags would pick up an extra four, and the Browns would pick up an extra three. Which Let me say this. You look at the Broncos there, and the fact that they're up there for as bad as the Broncos have been and all the memes about them and all that, Right. This is a situation where if the defense is this good again next year and Russell Wilson is even a little bit better, yeah. You're a playoff team. Right. Well, <laughs> I think Russell what was, gives you three extra points a game that he did this year, then they might be a playoff team next year. Right. Well, I think what was it? The number and I don't know, I think it was before last week, but they said like, you know, if if they had scored nineteen points in regulation, that they would have that they'd be like ten and one or something like that, or nine and yeah. one or something stupid like that. It's just like you know they just they just can't they can't figure out a way to win, um, and the offense is terrible. So, you know, but nevertheless, um, so all right, let's get into our into our final segment. Listen, before we do, th- you're here, you're in the playoffs. We're there. We're super close. You just got to finish the job, right? Peter's just got to finish the job, and uh, and at this point, that's all we can ask for. So yeah, all right, here we go. And now for something we think you'll really like. This week in sports history. All right, so you want to go first? I got two. You want to go or you want? I have, I'll, I'll go. I have a feeling I know what one of yours is. And if one of them isn't what I think it is, I'll bring it up. Okay. Um, I went for I don't think it a is. recent one. I went for the last time the Patriots played on a December 18th. Uh, and this was a road win against an AFC West team. This is going back to 2016. The Patriots beat the Broncos 16 to three in that one. Oh. That that cold game up there in Denver, and that was back in 2016. So that was after a couple a couple of games up in Denver where the Patriots had not done well. You go back to the 2013 AFC Championship mm-hmm. game, 2015 during the regular season, 2015 in the AFC Championship game. To have that team go out there and then go win a game the way they did, winning with defense and just shutting down that team, that was, to me, that was a moment when I knew that team was really special. I think that was the first time the team won a game with defense straight up. Yeah, and there was a lot of mental toughness involved in that one. Logan Ryan had the big had a big pick early on in that game. So yeah, that was a that was a good one. That's what I'm going with. All right, I like it. I like it. So my first one is is a fairly recent one as well. It's from December 14th, 2014. 
Okay. Uh, the Patriots crushed the Miami Dolphins 41 to 13. However, uh, I was in, I was in perhaps in the rarest of forms in that game. Um, because at the end of the first half with the Patriots leading 14 to six, mm-hmm. they had the ball and they decided to just run it three straight times up the gut. Um, at Miami at all three timeouts, they ran it three times straight up the gut, stuffed, stuffed, stuffed. Miami calls their timeouts. The Patriots punt. Mm-hmm. Miami returns it. It gets a nice return to like the 35-yard line. And on the first play, they complete a 35-yard touchdown pass. And I lost my mind. I was so mad at Belichick for, for playing it conservative. I just thought it, it was bad. So, and I just remember screaming. <laughs> I remember screaming on the like in the stands, like, Belichick. What are you, you getting out coached by Joe freaking Philbin? What are you doing? Like, it's just, it was one of those, it was amazing. So, and I was losing it and I people were laughing because it was just like, I, just Joe Philbin. Like, he was such a terrible coach. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it was one of those things where it was like the end of the first half. And it's like, Bill, stop being so conservative. What are you doing? Your team is nasty. Why are you doing that? And then, of course, you know, they come out, they, they come out and score 27 unanswered points in the second half and, and shut them out in the second half. But, you know, but it was just one of those things where I was like, come on, dude. Like, now it's 14-13. Like, what the hell, you know? Yeah. Shout out to my man Kyle Arrington for returning a blocked field goal for a touchdown in that one. <laughs> Kyle freaking Arrington. I'm a, this is, I'm a Kyle Arrington fan account. Like, that's – yeah, love that, man. You're the guy. You're the one. I am the guy. What's your so, other one? Uh, my other one is from uh, December 15th, 1935. It's the uh, National Football League Championship, and I thought it was I thought it was uh, you know important to mention today when the Detroit Football Lions are in contention for the playoffs. And on December fifteenth, nineteen thirty five, the Lions beat the New York Giants uh, to give them their first NFL championship. Uh, Twenty six to seven was the final score of that game. Wow! Look at that. There you go. Look at that. I think you, you missed one in there. I assumed you were going to bring this up because this is more your generation than mine. But do you know what, what Sunday is the anniversary of? Probably, but I but I forget. It's the roughing the passer game with the Raiders back in 76. In the my playoffs. generation? Did you say my generation? That close, was eight years closer, before I was born, okay? said closer to yours than mine. <laughs> oh, God. What an absolute travesty that game was. And you know what's you know what's crazy about that game? And you know, as as bad as that roughing the passer penalty on Sugar Bay Hamilton was, that wasn't even the worst part. They gave another 15-yard penalty to Mike Haynes for arguing the call. Mm-hmm. And that's what put the Raiders inside the five-yard line. And you know, and Stabler ends up ends up running it in on, on the next play. If they're at the 20 instead of at the five or the wherever. He doesn't score on that play. And, you know, then he goes down. They have no timeouts left and the game's over. So it, it's it's one of those interesting things where it's like it's not just the fact that they gave him that horrific penalty, but it's also then the fact they gave another 15-yard penalty to the Patriots after the fact. And you're like, come on, like, what are we doing here? You know, so that, uh, yeah, oh, boy, that one. Anyone ever mentioned the Chuck Rule? If anyone ever mentions the Chuck Rule to you, just, you know, if you're a Raiders fan, go away. Yeah. Go away. We don't care. And that's you know what else is crazy about that game? That's December 18th, and that's the divisional round of the playoffs. Right. right. Yeah. Also, I'm looking at box scores now from that 76 Pats team. 
and just some of the stuff that happened in football those days was wild. They had they forced ten turnovers in a game. They forced eight turnovers in a game. They forced yeah. six turnovers. In that a team game. was nasty. Oh my god! I mean, if you force ten turn, how would you even force ten turnovers in a game? <laughs> like that's you're forcing turnover on every possession. Right. Right. It's uh, yeah, it, it was yeah, different had, football back then, man. Joe Namath threw five picks in that one. His backup threw two. Obviously, there's some fumbles lost. And that's that's yeah. back in uh, oh, that's the Daryl Stingley days. Yeah, season. yeah, because I think Stingley in, was injured in '78, '79. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't know exactly what year it was. Yeah. Uh, with the Jack Tatum hit, but and Mike Haynes was on that team. Yep. Legend. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, Hall of Fame. NFL Hall of Famer, and you know, of course, ended up going on to the Raiders after that. Um, but Sam Adams, Steve Grogan, is the is the, those are the names right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe was it? No, I'm sorry. It's uh, I was thinking of seventy. I was thinking seventy eight. The seventy eight Patriots uh, team is the one that has the uh, has the most rushing most rushing yards in NFL history with thirty one hundred thirty one hundred sixty five rushing yards. Uh, two years later, 1978. I did not know that. That's a good stat to pull out. Yeah, yeah, that that one. I mean, 3,100 rushing yards is outrageous. And a matter of fact, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know how close the Eagles are going to get to it, but they're going to get fairly close. The thing is, you have to have more than two guys. Like you, you have two guys rush for a thousand yards, but you really got to have three guys. Like one, you know, two guys rush for like you know 900 to a thousand yards, and one guy rush for like 700 yards. Because you know you're not going to have two guys rushing for 1,600 yards. It's just it's yeah. too many. You know what I mean. So you got to have one of those. Like you got to have like a third guy that puts up big numbers. You know what I mean. Yeah. The Eagles are at 2108 right. Yeah, and so it's possible. And with an extra game now, right? Now they got four games left instead of three. It's only a thousand yards, and for me, thousand yards is a lot of yards in in they four need, games. They need but to go for two fifty each game here. Right, right. So, <laughs> but it's at least possible with the way they run the ball. So unlikely. Yeah. But it's possible, and and I think you you will eventually see that record fall, mm-hmm. just because you know you play in the extra game, and we'll get to eighteen at some point, I'm sure, and so all those old records will fall as far as season long records, and even we'll career records will probably one, fall. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyways, all right, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Good job. Um, so, well, thanks for joining us, guys. We appreciate it, and and uh, we'll be back as always on Sunday with an instant reaction podcast to hopefully a victory out in Vegas. Uh, you know, otherwise, otherwise I might need to break out the bourbon for this show. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. Well, you know, what's interesting is that if you, and I certainly can't do it cause I'm, I'm a teacher so I don't have the time off, but if you had the time and you were saving it, what a trip this would have been. If you had gone to, oh, you know, bad. gone out West, gone to Arizona, say you fly out Saturday so you're there in Arizona Saturday, Sunday, go to the Arizona game Monday, stay out west for the Vegas game, and then go to the Vegas game Monday night. And, and you know, so then you're in Vegas for, for three days after that game. Then you go to the Vegas game Sunday, and then you fly home on Monday. I mean, that's that would have been one hell of remote work. I might have to look into one of these trips in the future. You see, you see, so um, nice maybe we'll maybe we'll drag you along with us next year when we go when we go on our trip. So I like it. I like it. But, have, uh, have Exactly. Exactly. I like it. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we'll be back, as we said, on Sunday after the game. 405 game on Fox. So. 405. That's right. On no Fox. longer, Remember no that. longer Sunday night. And yes, it is on Fox. It's weird. But again, it's because 
of the flexed game that got moved into Sunday night was a Fox game. And so therefore the Patriots take their spot on Fox. So, All right, so it'll be giants commies on Sunday night football. Ugh. Where, they're wearing their all red uniforms too, red from head to toe. Why? <laughs> Why? I just, my God, what a disaster that's going to be. So, yeah. but you know, whatever. <laughs> so, Listen to us. You can watch our you can watch our thing instead of watching that game. Jeez. Yeah, it'll be it'll be better. So all right, guys. Thanks a lot. We uh and we'll talk to you soon.